And now an update on what some analysts and reporters are calling the great resignation and the upside of it all. As many as 44% of workers are leaving their 9-to-5s behind and looking for life hacks to make up the difference in income as they pursue other jobs. And as that number grows, so have downloads of an app called Upside. It's a free app for cash back on gas, groceries, and at restaurants. Can an app like Upside really make a difference? You bet. With Upside, users can earn an average of $96 a year. And it works at all the big gas brands like Shell, BP, Valero, Philips 66, Circle K, etc. And at favorite local grocers and restaurants. Everyone's got to drive and eat, right? If you want to get in on this life hack, we have a promo code for you. Head to the App Store or Google Play and download Upside. Enter code HACK to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use code HACK. With prices soaring at the pump, filling up can be stressful. That's why Discover has your back with cash back. Use Discover to earn 5% cash back at gas stations and Target now through June, on up to $1,500 in purchases when you activate. We know every dollar matters right now, but you can count on us. Get up to $75 cash back this quarter with your Discover It card. Limitations apply. Learn more at discover.com slash rewards. Hello, listeners. This is Jim, the Keys bartender, coming to you from Key Largo. I did not do the music. I realize that. I realize I didn't. And let me play the music now. Okay? You know, let. I was going to just stop. You know, let me play the music and we'll get back. Okay? Just like it happened. Pretend, pretend you didn't even hear this. Okay. Turn it down. Wow, the end of the year show, one of the end of the year show, two before the second to the last, and that happens. So what? So what? Puts up with the stellar production quality I've been doing on this show, I know. And I know there's other podcasters that go, oh my God, this guy sucks. Well, this is Jim the Keys, bartender, coming from Key Largo. I've been doing this... We're going into our fifth year or sixth year. I don't know. It's April 5th would be the sixth year. And uh, we're going to do a little year in review show. I'm not going to make it boring. I'm telling you. I'm talking about some of the things. We're in the midst of what people call down here. Everyone uses the term hell week. And I go, hell week? That is kind of a... You know, depending on hell. You know, hell could be fun. A lot of fun people. But I wouldn't call it. It's a busy week. It's not hell. We make us, us, us. We in the service industry, the tipped employees, appreciate the high volume that we get constantly this week. Helping us settle the debts that we piled up for this past year. It's great. And it looks like it's going to be a great season. And it may, some people may say, oh, it's not as busy as it was before, or it's busier, or there's more people renting houses, less staying in hotels. Ah, well, 
you know, you got to look on the bright side. It's nice. It is nice. And sometimes people say, oh, you look a bit tired. Yeah, you get tired. You get tired and then you motivate yourself and say, hey, listen, it's a great, great time to be working down here. So I appreciate it. And I appreciate everyone's down here. And when they do come down here. The interesting things that happen, though, is we get people that have never been down here. And sometimes they seem they've never been in a restaurant. And I'm not making fun of people. I'm just telling the actual story. Last night, I'm working. It's a regular Wednesday night. Except we got a shitload of people. And these families sitting outside, they'll never listen to this show. I mean, unless it becomes popular. But I don't know if they'll find it. They would, they're not going to go and say, hey. But they're sitting. There's about six or seven of them. I didn't take account because I was just delivering food for them. And some salads come up. And whenever I'm free and I see food come up and I see the ticket, I go and try to run it when I have had the time. You know, teamwork makes the dream work. Sounds like bullshit, doesn't it? But I walk this salads out to the table. And it looks like a family. And a woman, a young woman, looks to be like 19, 20. I hand two salads to people sitting facing her from across the table. And she goes, how did you get Caesar salads? And they looked at her and they looked at me. And I said, allow me to explain. So I went to the girl and I said, listen, even though I'm not serving this table, I'm just serving, you know, bringing out your food. Uh, I imagine we're a restaurant. So the simplest explanation was they ordered their small Caesar salads. And she just looked at me and I go, oh, I am. I'm just saying, well, just in case, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of an asshole. There you go. I just said it. Yeah, we're a full-service restaurant. So when you order something, we normally bring it when it's ready. Uh, and they all start laughing. I go, oh, why? I don't even realize why these things come out of my mouth sometimes. And it's not, I know it's not brilliant comedy. I realize that. It's just funny to me. So we have at the restaurant, we also, we have regulars. And I got to keep it fresh with them so I don't do the same Thing. So I got to be on, you know, be, be on my toes. Keep it fresh every day. And someone sees another basket of cheer. We always, it's, it's this time of year or something, we always have a basket of cheer sitting near the front. And it's, you know, liquor in today. It was a big, today, last night it was in a big plastic tub. And someone says, oh, you got another fundraiser? What's it for? And I, I had no idea what it was for. I had no idea. So I said, it's for Save the Chill. And I started that. Oh, Children Foundation? I go, no, Save the Chicken Foundation. And they said, really? Save the Chicken Foundation? I said, yeah, yeah. So what is it? It's a foundation dedicated to preservation of chickens in the Keys. And what do they do? And I said, well, they save the chickens for me to eat. And they just looked at me and they said, oh, you're such an asshole. And I go, oh, I am. And I don't even realize I'm doing it when I'm doing it. And people say, well, that's kind of lame. But, you know, it's all timing. There was a character on 
they have this show on, uh, it's in reruns, uh, Adult Swim on the Cartoon Network. And there was a show called The Tick. It was a cartoon, animated, that right now have a live action one. But during the Tick, I thought The Tick was very funny. It's a, it's a lame superhero. His strength was that he was kind of sturdy like a tick. A tick's hard to kill and it can jump strong. It's strong, relatively strong compared to its size and things like that. But at one point, he's training wood, uh, new superheroes. And one of the superheroes was a guy dressed up like a Cuban revolutionary from the 19, late 1950s, early 60s. And he was called Sarcastro. And I thought, wow, that would be, that would be my superpower. Or maybe kind of not superpower. People say, you're not a very good Sarcastro because your sarcasm is weak. And I, I've been told that sarcasm is, is mean-spirited. I always think it's kind of like in the audience you're using it, the humor. You know, it's just, I I do realize that it could be negative and things like that. And I try not to be negative. I'm a positive person. But when people are ready for it, I think that's, it's a worthy form of comedy. Speaking of that, I was watching, I noticed something on one of these shows I've always, and I hope I'm not repeating myself on this, but every Christmas Eve, since the late 70s, I used to watch, I watched It's a Wonderful Life. I, I may have missed a couple of years, but I always watch it and I try to catch something different. And I was watching the colorized version, so I catch more things. You know, when you see something in black and white, you don't necessarily see it, but when it's colorized, for some reason, things pop out. I mean, more apparently, like I see it. And this one thing was it was where Mr. Potter and his minion, the guy that pushed down his wheelchair, his old throne like wheelchair, sit in the office. And if you've never seen the movie, just bear with me. So, Jimmy Stewart, who is George Bailey, the main protagonist in it, It's a Wonderful Life. I think you all probably know if you listen to the show, except for maybe my foreign listeners. It's a big holiday show, and it's about a man who the whole movie is a setup to show how frustrated he is with his dreams. His, he had big dreams, and he kept on getting obligations at home and things like that. He ends up marrying a woman from town who he loves very much. But he always thought he was meant for bigger things, and it was never really allowed to blossom. And at one point, he's ready. It's, it's Christmas Eve. He's, his family runs a building a loan, a, a savings and loan, a bank. And some money is misplaced. And the bank examiner's there. And there's a very good chance he'll go to jail for misappropriation of funds. And he doesn't have any way to settle this or do anything and he just a culmination of his crushing his life streams and stuff like that and he's just falling apart and he's on the bridge it's a snowy night it's Christmas Eve and he's ready to jump in the river and what happened he's praying to God he's asking for help and they send an angel down and 
Yeah, and the angel shows him what his life is like. What the life of the people around him would be like if he had never been born. Because instead of killing himself, he says, maybe, I, yeah, I can't kill myself, but I wish I was never been born. The guy says, you shouldn't say that. And then he looks up and says, oh, well, maybe that is a good idea. I'll show you what it looks like. if you." And he sees that, that how people's lives are diminished and not, and, and, you know, just sad without him being around. And he could see how important he was to the people around him and that his his impact on people's lives was much bigger than he knew how important he was to the people around him and how much better he made their lives. So, in part of the movie, and to get back to it, it's great if you get to see it, it's a great movie to watch. It was a it came out in 1947 and it was a, or 48 and it was a failure at the box office. And then they rediscovered it in 1974. I think PBS started playing it or something like that. And people just said, this movie's great. You know, and they've been playing it every Christmas Eve on one of the ma- major networks. Every Christmas Eve, yes. It's a big one here in the United States. So the main, pro- uh, the protagonist, George Gale, and the antagonist is Mr. Potter. Jimmy Stewart is George Bailey, the good guy. And Mr. Potter is this wealthy miser mean ass son of an old guy think of the Grinch he's real full of piss and vinegar and stuff like that and I'm I'm watching this the whole time and I'm thinking it's just Mr. Potter Mr. Potter Mr. Potter and then at one point George visits Mr. Potter and on this door it says Henry Potter I know it's a long time Henry Potter and I was thinking I go oh Henry Potter and you know what's a nickname for Henry I know you're going to say Hank but also another nickname for Henry, and there's a lot of Henrys out there, called Harry. Harry. So Harry Potter, if Mr. Potter had any friends, could be called Harry Potter. And then I said, oh, so Harry Potter, they could be the same person because Harry Potter's a powerful wizard. And he could go back to Bedford Falls and be a total thick. And then George would, George Bailey would never have been able to defeat Harry uh, Henry Potter, if he was Harry Potter, the wizard. And I'm thinking of the whole thing, and I'm telling people, I think I had made this amazing discovery, and I'm telling people, and they go, yeah, so what? And I go, wow, I just made a big deal out of something that wasn't a big deal. And then I thought, I wish I was a fucking wizard. Yeah. That's all. That's the culmination of the whole story. I go like this. Man, it'd be great if I was a wizard. I would just do some Latin, fucked up Latin spells on people when they come in. Drunken expellionis. You know, when a drummer gets drunk, you just expel them from the room. Like they're one of those tormentors or dementors or whatever they are. I would have my magic wand. No pun intended. I'm not talking about my dick. I'm talking about a magical magic wand and I wouldn't need a wizard hat I'd be one of those Harry Potter uh, Potter wizards where you wear the clothes that you feel are most appropriate to you I would not dress like the Matrix guy I would be more of a Ralph Lauren kind of clothing as a wizard with my you know my wizarding wand I think I think that would be kind of impressive you know I don't know if I'd pop my collar as a wizard. 
because I'm never, I'm not a pop collar guy when I'm wearing a polo shirt. It's, it has a tendency to put on too much airs when you do it and say, hey, check it out. Speaking of check it out, once again, I'm going into, um, and last thing before I, I'm, well, I guess there's a whole show talking about myself. I'm teaching my spin class in the morning and there's a lovely young woman, a lovely young woman. When I say young woman, I mean, actually means slightly older than me, but she's a volunteer at the hospital and she's in the downstairs area of the wellness center I go into and we always uh, greet her. Her name's Maxine. She's a sweetheart, really upbeat. Uh, her son listens to the show and I'd like to say hi to you. I'm sorry, I didn't remember your name, but thank you. Your mom is a sweetheart and she always tells me that you're a listener in the show. I think you're in Colorado or Utah. I'll mention this to your your mom. So she goes, hey, Jim, I saw your picture in the paper. And I went, and the first thing in my head, I go, oh, my God. I don't know why. Since I've been down here, I've never had a problem with the, the law or anything like that. So, But whenever I hear I saw your picture, I always have this dread. When every time someone sees my picture, it's always something good. I'm like, oh, well, did I show up in the Monroe County Sheriff's Department arrest report? No, because I know because it's me and I wasn't arrested. So it's a picture that was taken. Christ, it had to be like three, four months ago of me and the the co-owners of the catch. And. I don't know why I'm in that picture because they're the owners and I'm just an employee, but I'm always in the picture when they have a picture of anybody from the catch. They always have me or Kathy and Paige. So people always think, oh, you, you're the owner here. No, I'm not. I'm not the owner. But I, whenever I hear someone say, I saw your picture and I go, oh, nowadays with Facebook and stuff, like that, it's a little easier and stuff like that, but I just, it brought home the effect I have, the effect I have, the effect that must be when you, when someone gets their picture taken, when they're arrested down here, because everyone's checking, everyone's checking the um, sheriff's report. It's one of the high, you know what, that's what I should just do. I should just post, if I want to get people to visit my site and I get like every, every week I can get like 20,000 people. Visiting my site, just posting people getting arrested, you know. And then I also look to see, oh, that's an attractive woman. Or and then I also one of the other things with arrest, I look at the ages, and I said, well, I'm 58. What do I look like in comparison? Sometimes, so oh, that person takes care of themselves, you know, stuff like that. But usually, a lot of times, if you really need to boost your ego. About And every so often there's a really attractive person in there and you just say, hey, don't let that throw you off. Most of them, there's a, you know, they look the part. I'm not going to go into any more detail on that. So I'm going to move on. There's a year in review and it's already 18 minutes into the show. Let's talk about the year in review. And it's going to be a selfish one because I'm going to be talking about myself and my family. But it's part of the show. You guys, if you want to listen to your review with CNN or Fox or whatever news thing, that's great. But we know I uh, it was leading up to 
2000, the changeover in 2021. It was almost on this day. It could have been yesterday. It was a year ago yesterday that I had finally had the operation to remove a neoplasm in my behind my jawline. And I had canceled. I had 10 surgical dates that were canceled. Some to COVID, one, one, two to uh, the physician that was a surgeon that was going to do it got ill and he's no longer practicing anymore. And then I got a new physician and they rescheduled me. There was some scheduling screw ups and then it was COVID screw ups and all this stuff. So I was it was it was over the course of like seven, eight months. And it was really getting to me and I guess the anxiety level wasn't as bad as it was right before I quit drinking which was two years ago this time around December 19th and but there was anxiety and I didn't eat that much so I lost I lost some weight and I was working out I was trying to you know trying to be motivated to do that but I'm still thinking I got to get this thing I had I had a constant reminder that I had this neoplasm on the back of the neck which is kind of like a, a large tumor it could be it could turn out to be a goiter it was just the size of a walnut it wasn't sticking out like that but if you saw my face it was there but they did it and I had it done in the first two weeks of January I was recovering from it because they had had a uh, first week I had to drain in and second week I had to heal it up it was a big um I I don't even remember I think this I didn't I didn't even have stitches to have to be removed did I I think it was kind of glued or something like that yeah yeah there was nothing nothing to be removed it's it's so different but I had a new lease on things, and then six months later, I got checked out, and then everything's clear. So that's fine. So I was recovering at the beginning of this year. I was recovering. And I think I did a couple shows and things like that. And I know some of the shows could have, could have been a little better during the year. But I just endeavored to go on. I was just driving through 400. I think it was 400 uh, episodes I was going towards because right now I'm in the mid fives and I was thinking, boy, I'm not really getting any expansion on listeners. And I just said, well, I I don't know what to do. And then, you know, besides make it better, but don't, you know, maybe I need a new, you know, if if there was someone different doing the show, maybe turn it over to another bartender. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but that's what I was thinking about the whole year and stuff like that. But then mid-year run, runs around and I'm I'm working out. And I said, you know what? I got to get physically fit. Physically fit. I remember a couple of years ago when we had our snowbirds come back to town and they come to my spin class. I teach that spin class at the wellness center. And one of them leans over to the wife and says, what have you been feeding him? And that statement did more to motivate me to take care of myself. I realized as a spin instructor, I was being held to a standard. And I'm not complaining about it. 
that standard is something, an expectation. I said, well, listen, if you're a, a fitness instructor, you better look fit. You could be fit. And I always explain to my students, I said, you could, you could be fit and not look fit. Okay? But then I realized I had to look fit. And I wanted to feel, and I said, what can I do to make myself look fit and I thought well I have to watch what I eat I got to cut down my carbs I already gave up the drinking maybe not eat so much ice cream and things like that I wasn't super heavy I had got up to 250 a couple uh, couple years back and then I kind of curtailed it back and then floated around in the uh, in the 30s like 230 and, and and I'm not a huge guy I'm not wide or anything like I'm, I'm Medium build. So I'm thinking, what? How can I? I, I'm never going to get to that 190, 192 pounds that I was, you know, lean and strong at college. But I said, if I can get the 210, 213, 215, which I am now, I'll be happy. I said, and then a waistline. The waistline was bothering me. Once again, the ego and self-image can be a motivator. And that motivated me. And thinking, what is the thing I don't do? And what I don't do, I didn't do sit-ups. I didn't like doing my abs. I always worked on my arms. I always worked on my chest. I worked on my legs and things like that. You know, because you're a guy, you think, oh, I just want to have big muscles. I want to be the cut. I mean, I'm almost 60 years old. That's really hard to do. And I'm not saying I'm there. I'm just saying it's really difficult. So I didn't want to have unrealistic expectations. But I thought, what I need to do is sit-ups. And there's an incline bench. And I started doing out like 40, 50. Now, I'm, listen, anybody can do this. It sounds like an incredible amount to some people, to some others who are very fit. It's not that unusual. But I do about 200 sit-ups. I break it out in the groups of 20. And I try to do 10 sets of 20 sit-ups on an inclined bench. Room. Lean down. No extra weight. Just use a mind. Do that. And you start out slow and you go up and see what you can handle. And I, I didn't hurt. My back wasn't hurting anymore. I do my back exercises on a thing. And that was my goal in 2021 to come fit. And I think I'm there. I think I'm also there. I got to get my cardio. I know I'm a spin instructor, but I got to get to get my cardio health in order. So I started doing elliptical and rowing and, and things like that. And that seems to have helped because I felt like I had long COVID. It was feeling like long COVID because in, uh, I, I rarely say, Jim, you don't talk about your family that much. And I said, well, you know what? I do the podcast. It's my choice to do the podcast. So I don't want to invade their privacy by bringing it up. All I need to tell you is how much I love my wife and my stepdaughter. And that they're very important to me. And I share some of the things we do together. But I don't go into depth about them because they're private individuals. And you say, hey, Jim, you do give a a lot of information out. But I don't give as much information as as I could. Getting back. So I was working and get fit. And another thing that helped me get fit was this summer, the wife wanted to go back to Poland. She has property there and family there. And we love, we love going there. 
the wife and daughter like to go for five, about five weeks. I go, what did, did I go with them this time? Oh, I go later. I always felt better because uh, when they leave, I miss them, but I know I'm going to see them there. So it's not like I've done this thing where I went with them and then I came back early. That's no fun because I feel left out at the end. So I went with them. And during that, we went, we had a wonderful time, ate some great food, uh, met up with the family, went to the mountains, went to Warsaw, went to Krakow, had a wonderful time, e- ate some amazing food. and But at one point, we were one of our family friends, uh, the daughter, uh, Carolina and she, Carolina was on the show with us before she came and visited, stayed with us for a little while. She's a um, she's studying to be a dental surgeon. I think she's a resident right now. But a uh, sweet girl, she decides. She says we got to go to Kasprovi Mountain, and we were in Zakopane. That's where her family is, and that's where Abby has property there. So we go um, to Kasprovi Mountain. We're going to climb it. I'm not thinking anything of it, even though I'm 57 years old. And then I get there and I see these older people and stuff like that. And I start climbing. Now, we're already almost at a you know, mile elevation starting out. Right? And we start climbing. And I have a problem. I get, I mean, I go up maybe 1,000, 1,500 feet. And I'm starting to, I'm having a problem breathing. I'm thinking I have long COVID. I'm I'm having such a long time. My legs are not giving out. But when you're having a hard time breathing, your muscles don't work the right way. So I realized that I I didn't quite make it all the way to the top. I think it would have been an, an extra kilometer, not upwards, not upwards, but in distance, I would have had to travel to get there. And I just couldn't do it. My daughter and Carolina went there and I said, they went all the way to the top. And I was disappointed in myself. And I said, man, I should be able to do this because I saw heavier people and older people coming down. I saw other people that should not have been on the mountain because they were having problems right in the beginning. Yeah, it was a long-ass walk, I'm telling you. And I know there's some people that do a lot of climbing, but it was it was rough. And that So when I came back, I said, you know what? i got to really up my game and clear this thing up. Either I'm always going to have this problem, you know, breathing or it's just a thing I got to exercise through and it turns out it seems it's something I exercise through that so that worked um during the year I had I realized as I get older I may get a little more crotchety kind of a, a son of a bitch a bit of an asshole maybe a dickhead And I realized that being in shape reduces the amount of time I don't, I feel bad. And it helps me with my recovery time when I get, uh, if I get ill, it's good for my immune system and all that stuff. And it's great when I'm working so I'm not, I'm not feeling tired at the end of the day and I don't have to be miserable about it. And I know that's a thing. Weariness, fatigue can do that. So that, that seemed to I've gotten better. I just got to get my head in the right place. I let people's views and the way they behave affect me sometimes. And I get really self-centered about 
things that bother me and realize, hey, most people have problems. I don't know what they're going through. So why should I react to them that way? So I've been thinking about that more and more. I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm going to attempt. I'm going to try to carry that through 2022. Another thing that happened this year. I'm not trying to draw on the negative, but our dog of, uh, well, I've been, we've been, uh, Abby, Sky, and I have been living together eight years, but for 13 years, they've had a dog named Roxy, and Roxy became my dog. And he was a little eight pound um, terrier chihuahua mix, more terrier than chihuahua, but she was a beautiful, great rescue dog. And uh, and those of you who have pets understand Roxy was a member of the family. And when we came back from Poland, all of a sudden, in August, we started noticing she was manifesting old age issues and multiple old age issues. And it was just piling on and on and there was... Issues could have been cancer, but she had multiple things that weren't tied to that. And as we started looking into them, it just started getting worse and worse. And she'd go in and out. And then eventually, Thanksgiving weekend, after Thanksgiving, we made the decision. The hard decision. And I won't go into details, and it was very hard on us and stuff like that. But then, upon reflection... When someone's gone, it's actually some of the best memories we I have is the memories of the time I spent with uh, Roxy. So I, I consider that a blessing she was in our life. And I don't say blessing a lot because I'm not that traditionally religious. I am, you know, people, you hear that bullshit. I'm spiritual, not religious. Who am I? Who am I to say what? Then you know what what the mind is of a supreme being or the universe or whatever or whatever. I started thinking recently in this this year in review towards the end that there was uh, I, I had you you listen to the show so you hear my reasoning sometimes, but um, I read that some astrophysics physicists say that the whole universe is kind of like a quantum computer. And then everything that operates in it is part of the program. Not like the Matrix, not like the Matrix, but I've, I've, become, I've become more spiritual as I got older. And I, I'm, I'm starting to realize that some of the way theology and religion develops, it's man or man and woman, humans, trying to express a grasp of the ungraspable, like creation, beginnings, goals, ultimate goals, you know, in life, what's life about, why are we here, why are we conscious, what, what is our purpose? I know that's a little redundant, some of those things. So 2021 really kind of brought me back. I mean, some people, you know, my relatives and stuff like that may call me an atheist because I don't acknowledge their understanding of 
their religion. I still consider myself a Catholic. I'm more of a cafeteria Catholic. Where I'm like St. Francis and all the good stuff. Ignore the hierarchy and that other things where they're going to say, well, they're a bishop, they're a monsignor, blah, 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 blah. You either can't get married, you can't do this. I, I think that's a little silly, some of the things that they do there, because they kind sometimes you have a lot of rules out there where you quantify things on how to be a good Catholic or a good Jew or a good Muslim, a good Baptist or things like that. But they never really say, in the, in the end run, when you get all wrapped up in, in the minutiae, being a good person, being a good member of the community, whether wherever you experience your community, whether your community is your your family, your clan, your circle of friends, your community, your city, your state, your country, the planet. And then the circle expands from there even further. So the, it could be ever expansive. Some people say, well, listen, I only worry about this in relationship to my understanding of God and stuff like that. Well, that's well and good. I'm not telling anybody to be that way. But there are, are possibilities to just go further and say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm very happy to exist and experience this. Not everyone can say that. I understand but I am. And if in retrospect, if anything were going to ha- happen to me in the near future, I've been very fortunate. And nothing is, I have nothing planning to happen to me in the near future, but you never know. It's just the way the chances in life are. You know, I walk outside, a plane crashes lands on me or a satellite or something like that but I don't have I don't have the ideations of death I know it'll come and I don't know what's going to be afterwards I'm not sure about what it is and that's kind of exciting because the more things that I hear and this is what I'm looking forward to 2022 the more things I hear the more things that seem to be unexplainable and unexplainable is a good thing to be. If everything was explainable, it would be kind of boring. So life is a mystery, a puzzle, a crossword puzzle, and it just continues in 2021. I did not find the answers. I found a source of more questions. So many more questions at the end. Today. One of these people that just finished taking a test this is 2021. Oh, I got more questions. Well, you're going to have to wait till 2022 for that, which is an arbitrary date of where it travels because one year, if you think about it, for us, doesn't necessarily, if there's, some people are chauvinistic when I talk about our, our species, that we're the pinnacle of it. And I, I think there's probably a really good chance because of the vastness of the universe that there is some place, other forms of intelligent life that could be thinking the same thing. And we always talk about that stuff. I mean, we've got the new, um, this year, I think it was this year when they started releasing all the 
uh, information from the U.S. military, the Navy, on UFOs and things like that. It's kind of exciting when you see that and you see that, yeah, there's a possibility, not only are there's a possibility of life, is that they might be visiting us. They might be. Who knows? It's part of the mystery. It's exciting. I'd like to thank you for listening. I'd like you to thank you for putting up with some of the quality, but my intent is always to provide some value for you. And I want you to do well in the new year. The next episode, and unless something drastic happens, I'll be doing the the resolution episode, even though I don't necessarily believe in resolutions. I believe in goals, and goals can be set at any time. It could be set at the beginning of the day. It could be beginning of a minute or something like that. Like I'm, for the next minute, I will be happy. That's a good goal. No matter what, I will be happy. That's it. Or next hour, next day, I am going to be relentless. Not, you know, relentless and being happy. That's a noble goal. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. Or I'll talk about it. And we'll see. And if you can, we are still... I do not know how these numbers are working. I know we're getting plenty of downloads from people. I appreciate that. I appreciate your fans out there, the ones that listen. And I think we're probably getting close to that 100,000 because I don't get, I don't really have a way to track, track stream, stream on all the, the platforms that we exist on. But I do appreciate that. And uh, maybe we'll start our own religion in 2022 where it doesn't involve tithing, which is, you know, donations or showing up someplace or dressing a certain way or being a certain way. Well, other than nice, nice will be the pinnacle. Be nice, be nice, be nice yourself and other people. How about that? Right. Thank you very much, and I'll be signing up. I'm going to do the music this time because I didn't do it in the beginning. Let's see what happens. I'll talk to you later. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye. And now an update on what some analysts and reporters are calling the Great Resignation and the upside of it all. As many as 44% of workers are leaving their 9-to-5s behind and looking for life hacks to make up the difference in income as they pursue other jobs. And as that number grows, so have downloads of an app called Upside. It's a free app for cash back on gas, groceries, and at restaurants. Can an app like Upside really make a difference? You bet. With Upside, users can earn an average of $96 a year. And it works at all the big gas brands like Shell, BP, Valero, Philips 66, Circle K, etc. And at favorite local grocers and restaurants. Everyone's got to drive and eat, right? If you want to get in on this life hack, we have a promo code for you. Head to the App Store or Google Play and download Upside. Enter code HACK to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use code HACK. 
Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SIMPLE for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SIMPLE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SIMPLE for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up.